turning to Psalm 116, I'm sorry, 116. This is, of course, one of the four, one of the six, this is the fourth of the six of the Psalms that were used, either recited or sung during Passover. And of course, the Lord had his Passover meal with his disciples the night before his crucifixion. And so this would be some of the Psalms, kind of like Sunday morning, um, our speaker talked about uh, the feast that the Lord would participate in. Well, you can imagine, just think about the Lord as he would, what he would be thinking about when he read or when they sang some of these Psalms. And so <clears throat> we'll begin in verse 1 of Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord, and I implore you, deplore, uh, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of his people in the courts of, his, of the Lord's house in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And notice again the uh, praise of the Lord. Well, come right on in. It's good to see you. So, uh, do we have, do you have some more copies of our? Okay. Okay, okay so um, this is, as we said, one of the four, uh, the fourth of the six Passover Psalms. And uh, we see that the word cup is used here. The cup of salvation. Now, when you see the cup used in the Bible, other than when it's used figuratively now, you know, like somebody passes a cup and there's several times like that. But when it talks about the, you'll see many times in scripture, um, for instance, my, he anoints my head with oil and there was so much oil that what happens? My cup runs over. Now, you, you, that's kind of figurative because really you're talking more about the oil than you are about it being on your head and then trying to catch the cup. He's not saying that. He's saying there's so much oil that my cup runs over. 
And so then we see that uh, in Isaiah, he talks about uh, the cup of God's wrath. And we see that cup, the full of iniquities in Romans or in Revelation 17, where the, the, the harlot riding the beast. Uh, you'll see a lot of times um, in the first Corinthians 10, 16, Paul calls the Lord's table the cup of blessing. It should be called, it of course it is a, bless, a, call, a, a blessing to us as we remember what the Lord Jesus did for us. Um, so we, and of course the Lord used this a couple of times on the light that the night that he was betrayed. Of course, in Matthew 26, 27, he says, uh, for this is my blood, uh, the blood is the, my blood of the New Testament, or this cup. And of course, he held up the cup. It wasn't, he wasn't saying this was my, you know, this became blood. No, obviously, he was saying this is, this cup, which was the last cup of that post, Passover meal, he was saying this represents what this whole Passover meal has meant. And so this is the old, this is the, this is the new covenant or the new Testament. And then, of course, in the garden, he prayed, Lord, if there's any way, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Now, what was he talking about there? He was talking about this cup of pain and sorrow and all the, all the, Wrath that would be poured upon us, which we talked about last week, he became sin for us, and that sin literally burst the heart of God. And so you can imagine how he dreaded going through that, especially as a human. As human, and so Lord, if there's any way, then let this cup pass from me. But he already knew that wasn't. He wasn't praying that for because he already knew the answer. He was praying that to be recorded for our sake. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. What can wash away my sins? Absolutely nothing but the blood of Jesus. If there's any other way, if baptism, if, com- if communion or Eucharist or, or good works, then he would have been a fool to have died on the cross. Would he have not? So we have to, that is one stark uh, uh, revelation that we've got to get across to people. I've got, a, I've got relatives that don't think I'm saved because I haven't been baptized into their church. Well, I hope, and like I tell them, that's not uh, Lutheran or whatever, it's uh, Church of Christ, but, uh, and they believe in baptismal regeneration. Well, um, I talk to my, to my relatives and I just say, whenever we, I say, I just hope you believe enough in the blood and not in the water. I'll let the Lord take care of that dividing line. You know, I, I'm not going to get into that. Now, they've already divided me, but I'm not going to divide them. I'll let God take care of Christ has preached, and I will rejoice. Yea, I will rejoice. Even sometimes when it's in a little error. Now, if they said that Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then I would say, you're a heretic. You don't even, you're not saved. But when you get into these different denominational patterns and even people that go to churches that have the altar up front rather than the pulpit, the preaching of the cross rather than or the, the uh, sacraments are more important than the preaching. The preaching is off to the side. Uh, even those, I've heard some of those guys preach and I've seen some of their writings 
And I sure hope they're saved. Uh, but I'll leave that to God. You know, I'm not going to, to classify all that and, uh, uh, because he's the judge. And there again, I hope they believe enough in the blood and not in the church or in the, in the, in the uh, sacraments. And as, uh, by the way, Dave and I <coughs> were, I was talking about, I'm going through that, I'm, I'm, I'm now on uh, uh, the fifth of those 12 lessons, he and I are on it, but we were talking about that this past week about the sacraments and so forth, what, what saves you and what doesn't. But, uh, you know, that's something we got to get across is, uh, you know, it's the preaching of the cross and we want to be very serious about it and uh, very dignified about it. Um, and that's one thing that uh, some of the people that come from the for- more formal uh, denominations or from a Jewish background, as I was talking to, we were talking to Kirill Srodinsky uh, this past week. You know, that's one reason the Jew has such trouble in a slapstick Gentile church, because we don't realize the depth of what we're doing sometimes, even with the Lord's table or in baptism. You know, we, you know, and sometimes baptism can be funny. I mean, when I say that, people, I mean, we'll forget, uh, uh, she's with the Lord now, but uh, a good friend, Jim Sapp's wife, uh, uh, Judy Sapp, just a great lady. But uh, her little girl, who's now got kids that are bigger than she was at the time, but uh, her little girl was sitting beside her, and I was off to the side. Jim was in the choir or something. I forget what it was. But uh, they, they had a new preacher that was baptizing, and this guy was big. And when he baptized, I mean, he pushed them down, and, the, and their feet shot up out in the, in the water. And... I mean, and, ever, and, Lu, and Judy being from a Lutheran background, being from Minnesota, Lutheran. Uh, she saw, and she really got upset that people were laughing. And then the next person that was baptized, little Laura sitting beside her, she saw it and the feet shot up and, and uh, Laura goes, ha, ha, ha. And I said, Judy, can you control your child? <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes it can be really funny. But... Uh, but then again, we don't want it to be purposely slapstick. These are very important things. For an ex-Catholic, it's very important. Uh, Lutherans, it's very important. And when we are very slapstick about it, yes? I There are a lot of people, a lot of young people now that are being attracted to the Greek Orthodox Church because of their seriousness with, the, with these things. And us Baptists, oh man, just everybody saved by grace. No, we got to be a little bit more dignified about things like that. That's why on a Sunday morning worship service, I'm going to keep wearing a coat and tie and stuff like that. I'm not going to come to church in a in a football jersey or whatever else. Uh, now, we had a speaker this past Sunday, didn't have a tie on. Really, I think the person who invented the tie can't be a Christian. I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to, if I do see him in heaven, I'm going to punch him. No, I won't. But, uh, but you know, there again, you know, but there again, since it's still something that I want to, uh, and like I talked to newer people coming in, and the discipleships. I say the reason I do that is because anybody, I'm the leader. 
And I can't expect everybody to come up to my level. But I can pull them up if I don't dress down, down to their level. Does that make sense? And if I dress down to their level, guess what? They'll go to the next lower level. And so that's the reason that we try to be very, not formal, but serious and dignified. Nothing wrong with having humor in a message, but if all you remember is all the jokes and we've failed. Nothing wrong with uh, a good song service, but if all you remember is the, the performer, then we failed. And so uh, we see that uh, this was very important. And so this is a 19-verse psalm. And these, and these people to be singing this. The Lord started singing this as a child as he was increasing in wisdom and in favor with God and man. And so, I mean, they just, these were things in their soul that they sang every year and, and many times in between. And so this was extremely important to them. And so you can imagine what the Lord felt like when he said, this is what I'm going through. The cup of sorrows, the cup of, this cup of, of indignation and shame, all this. And yet it's the cup of my salvation. I like to, you can imagine when they got to this, this word cup of salvation, what do you think he thought of? This cup. You know, so uh, this really meant a lot to the Lord. And so notice he begins this psalm, I love the Lord because... That's a good way we say this was all, even for children, and especially Psalm 1, well, 114 was really written for kids. But uh, I love the Lord because A, B, C, D, you know, right on down the list. I could just go down the list. Why do I love the Lord? And so children would know this from the very beginning. And so he said, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. As we saw last week, idols don't hear and and they don't see. But my Lord hears, and my Lord sees. I, I serve a living Savior, and so I know he's with me. My cup overrunneth without joy. We sing that little song uh, and other songs about uh, the cup of the Lord. But to here he says, because he has heard my voice, because he has delivered my soul. Notice he says, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. That's a good thing for a six-year-old to say, isn't it? It's a good, old th- good thing for a 60-year-old to say. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to praise the Lord. He says, the pains of death surrounded me and the pains of shoal. Whenever you see the word shoal like this, he's talking about death or just the, the mysteries of death. Uh, I don't want to be morbid, but have you ever thought about death? What is it? You know, what hap- what's on the other side? How long will it take me to get there? You ever thought about things like that? Very rarely. I don't, I'm just not a pessimist. But, but those are things you don't want to think about. Why? Because of that very thing. They are so unknown that they're kind of... You know, what does it really mean to die? And then, you know, we've all had loved ones that have passed away. And there they are, you know, in the casket. Ah... You know, just where are they, you know, and just really bothers you. And, of course, I've been by my share of deathbeds and hospitals and things like that. What is happening? What is happening? 
you know, there again, the angels are, you know, come and pick the What's going on spiritually around me that I, I can't fathom? I don't know. And yet, God says it's happening. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this, but you can understand. I'm thinking about it, but now let's get off of it. You know, it's one of those things that we don't want to think about too long. But he was saying, uh, the pains of death surrounded me. He was really thinking he was going to die. The, uh, the shoal, uh, the idea of the mysteries of where I'm going to go after I die. And that was always, what's shoal, what's Ghana, what's uh, Hades, all those different terms. And so we see them used many times interchangeably in the Old Testament. He said, then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. So first of all, I called upon him, he heard me, and he delivered my soul. And then we see in verses 5 and 6, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. And so he says, he's been gracious and merciful to me. Folks, when's the last time you thought about God's graciousness to you? When's the last time we really dwell on it rather than, oh, the Lord just says, you know, I don't have what so-and-so has. And Lord just, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we let bitterness and and envy and strife and, you know, why, why pray when you can worry? That's why we really think, isn't it, rather than why worry when you can pray? But this whole nature, why should I pray? I got to worry. <laughs> and so, again, the whole idea of the Lord has been, and notice this is the voice of experience. This is a person saying, I've seen it. I've been there. I've done that. Just recently, someone I was talking with, and they were down a little bit, and I just uh, uh, sent to them Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Cast all your care upon the Lord, for he cares on you. I just kind of gave them a lot of different verses. Uh, Rejoice in the Lord. And they said, this is what you do. And I said, yeah, that's what I do. That's what I got to do. Because especially now that the days are getting shorter, and I get, uh, sometimes I'm a little down in the morning, especially uh, if I, on Monday mornings especially, I don't even feel like I'm saved. I'm glad salvation isn't feelings. Because until about noon on Monday morning, I never feel safe. You know, just ask my wife. But, uh, you know, I'm just always, you know, all the adrenaline is out. You work up to Sunday and then you crash. Uh, if salvation is by feelings, I sure hope the Lord doesn't come on, on Monday morning. <laughs> because I'm just not there. But I do know how to combat it. And that's bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. Bless the holy name. We'll get into that in just a moment about what, that, what we're doing when we do that. So it's, uh, he says, uh, gracious and merciful to me. Um, he, has dealt, he, dealt, uh, he has dealt bountifully with me uh, because, and then in verses eight, uh, 8 through 11, notice the transgression or tra- the transition. He says, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears and my feet from falling so there again, you've delivered me. So first, not only have you, uh, you've delivered me, you've been gracious to me, but now you've been bountiful to me. 
and you transform my thinking. So you, so he goes back through the thing again. Past, you have delivered me. Uh, present, I am walking. I, uh, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So I'm alive. Are you alive today? Yeah, there again. Hey, folks, we're alive. Is that good? I got a, a little email, or not an email, but a note on my uh, um, on my uh, Facebook. And the person who puts all the stuff for the, my class says, uh, you know, 55 and still alive. And so, you know, it's been 55 years since we've graduated. And so it's 55 and still alive. And uh, well, praise the Lord, we are. But there again, you know, within a hundred years, I have, I, I almost guarantee every one of you. And that is, if the Lord tarries, this whole body's going to die. I have to put a hundred years because some of you are so young, you're still wet behind the ears. Like, well, we won't see anybody. But <laughs> Got a couple of young ladies here. Right? <laughs> but, uh, but there again, uh, we see that, uh, you know, I'm, little, I'm a present, past, present. I believed, therefore I spoke. I, was, I am greatly afflicted. And I said in my haste, all men are liars. But, I mean, boy, I was really down. But, but what I will render, uh, I will, but I will render, I'll give to the Lord and I will not forget my benefits. You know, Psalm 103. So he, for all of his benefits toward me. And so what's the best thing to do when you're down? I never will forget. Uh, I read this verse one time back uh, years ago in my young ministry. And uh, Jim Lang, one of, one of the men that, uh, we worked at the shipyard. He was worked for IBM at the shipyard. But he and I'd go on visitation. And he came home, and old Jim was just the type of guy. You, just, you, you would love the guy. Everybody did. But uh, uh, Jim would say, yeah, Pastor, I think today I said to myself, the whole, every man that I know is a jerk. <laughs> And I started laughing. I said, I just read that. David said that all men are liars and they're jerks. You know? <laughs> Have you ever felt that way? I mean, you feel like the whole world's against you. And yet, there's a God in heaven. Get my mind off of the Lord. Stayed upon Jehovah. Hearts are fully blessed. Finding as he promised. Perfect peace and rest. And I quoted that verse and gave to the guy too. But uh, there again, uh, Boy, sometimes you just feel like Dan and I, Dan, uh, and Dave, Dan Fry and I, uh, we used to go out in visitation, and sometimes I'd be a little tired and whatever, and he'd always get the biggest kick. I'd say, Dan, the whole world's going crazy except me and you, and sometimes I wonder about you, and he would just laugh, you know. Anyway, I talked about that Monday, and he said, yeah, I remember those days, I'd like to get back to them, you know, or whatever, but, uh, but you just feel that way, don't you? But with the Lord, I got a way out. Get my mind off of people. Get my mind off of... And that's good psychology. Um, when I say that, focus. Focusing on the Lord rather than your problems. And there again, why worry when you could pray or why pray when you could worry? Which, which way you want to go? And so uh, you see the transition. He was saying all these things happen, but I'm going to... But uh, what will I render to the Lord? 
I'm just going to complain and gripe and say, Lord, everybody's a liar except me and you. <laughs> no, because I'm a liar at times. How are you feeling today, Pastor? Good. You know, <laughs> so I just lie. But, but, you know, sometimes you don't even know when you're lying. But uh, uh, so, again, we see that uh, uh, I will render. I'm going to give to the Lord. And we'll see other, uh, something else here. But notice the I wills here. The, um, the willpower of the mind. Mental willpower. Not just say, I will get up and go to work. That's physical and mental world. world. But it's saying, I am going to think the right way. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things as a good report, think on these things. That takes willpower. Especially when the whole world's falling apart and your baseball team's lost today and, you know, Oh, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, all those different things. Well, all those real hard, hard situations, you know. But uh, uh, so here we got, he says, but I shall render to the Lord. And what will I render to the Lord? And there it is. He says, for all of his benefits toward me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord and forget not his benefits. Psalm 103. That's a great psalm. To memorize. I had it all memorized one time. That's what it goes on. And part of its benefits is as far as the east is from the west, he shall remember our sins no more. Why is it east from west rather than north and south? Because if you keep going west, you keep going west. If you go east, you'll keep going east. But if you go north, sooner or later, you're going to start going south. Right? And I don't want to go south. I want to go east and west. So... <laughs> Uh, preacher, he really went south. No, no, but <laughs> no, uh, we want to go north. <laughs> um, so we see that uh, the Lord blesses. And notice he says, as a result, I'm going to keep my vows. Now, we'll see both personally, as, so I'm dedicating my life to the Lord. Oh, I went forward several times and uh, they, they, uh, bowed my head to the Lord at the altar and I just gave my life to the Lord. But I feel so, wait a minute, if you did, then is it any different today at your kitchen table than it is at the altar? No. I'm going to, Lord, I dedicate my life anew to you. I die daily. Isn't that what dedicating our lives to the Lord is? Renewing those vows day by day? Now, oh, I didn't do that. And Pastor, I haven't been doing it. I'm not saying, don't put yourself on a guilt trip for not doing it. I'm just saying that when you start praising the Lord and you are consciously renewing your vows with them, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will, what? Grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. How many times have you come to church down and you left up? How many times have you come to church on a prayer meeting and I, and I over and over again, I might be a little down, might feel that, but boy, after a church service and being with people and praying with, I feel good. You ever been, you know what I've been talking about? And that's the way it should be. So, so I want to be in church. I want to, you know, I dedicate my life to the Lord. So I want to give myself to, even if I wasn't a pastor, I'd want to be here. Because this is where my people are. This is where everybody who loves me, I think. Okay, but you know, <laughs> at least you tell me you do. But you know, <laughs> like somebody walked up to me one time and said, uh, "Do you love me?" Nobody else does. And I go, 
Okay. <laughs> so I'll try to love them. But uh, there again, so we see that uh, I'll pay my vows. I mean, that's just going, Lord, my, so I'm going to give to you what I told you. I told you I was going to give you my life. So here it is, Lord. So it's kind of a renewing of our vows. And of course, then he throws something in there that you just can't, notice I didn't put an ABC here, because this is, this is the bad thing about Psalms. Sometimes they'll just throw a verse in there that you can't outline. It's just not there. There's no outline for this. You, I will, I will, I will. Five different I wills. Will is the number of grace. But right in the middle of that, you got, he says, something that seems almost unrelated. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, why did he throw that right in the middle of all that? Because notice he's been talking about death. And of course, he talked about uh, death in the former one. But why? Because Passover represented death, didn't it? The death of a lamb. And so see, Psalms, you'll keep going back to death. But you'll also see life. And so we see that, um, you know, back in uh, Psalm what was it, 116, where he said that the dead do not praise the Lord in verse 17. Well, here he's talking about death again, but precious in the sight of the Lord is that death of a saint. So that transforms my thinking, doesn't it? I mean, what's the worst thing that happened to me? What's the best thing that happened to me? You know, one reason, like Paul says, the one reason I don't want to die is I got to stay around and help you turkeys. You know, he's just saying, I want to go to heaven. But God wants me to stay around to work with you Corinthians. Man, alive, you people are a bunch of, you know, I imagine what he could have said about it. But absent from the body, present with the Lord. And so we see that uh, he says um, there that uh, I will pay my vows, public, both private and public. But uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of a saint. And then he goes on from there and he says, uh, he says, Oh, Lord, truly I am your servant. Okay, notice how he's going back to, okay, I'm going to go back through my mind to what I am. I'm your servant. I'm the son of your handmaid. That means, praise the Lord, I had a Christian mama. I was raised in a home, in a Christian home. Many of us can't say that, but uh, some can. He says, and you loosed my bonds. I was tied. I was sin-cursed. And I love that song we just sang. Death could not keep his prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars, the bonds away. Jesus, my Lord. Isn't that great? So here again, uh, the great that, God, that we are loosed from the power of Satan and sin. And we're definitely loosed from hell. And so notice, and then verse 17a of the verse part. I will offer to you, capital Y, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I love that. But what does it mean? What's the sacrifice of thanksgiving? Now we know as far as outwardly, there were thank offerings. And there was the cup offering, which was uh, the, the wine, the drink offering, they called it. It would be poured out before the Lord and all that. But uh, So he's talking about that figuratively, but spiritually, what does that mean? Man, I got a headache today. And oh man, I don't know if I'm going to keep my job tomorrow. My car tore up. My dryer's on the blink. 
got to go to the doctor and I don't know what he's going to say. I'm just really down. What should I do? In all things give thanks. Lord, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sacrifice my feelings to praise you. I really appreciate people and every one of you have seen it. Some of you come to church and you've been tired. You've been... I could talk to my Wednesday night crowd like this better than I can to anybody else. But uh, there again, you've been tired, you've been a little sick or just disappointed. How you doing? And uh, you'll smile. It's good to be your pastor or, or whatever. Even though you feel half dead. Well, that's a sacrifice to me that you don't want to go around trying to pull me down. Right? Some people, you don't ask them how they're doing unless you're wanting to stay around for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, when we offer sacrifices of praise, we're saying, Lord, it doesn't matter how how I feel. I've told you in one of the, the lowest point I think I know that I've ever been in my life was coming out of that heart surgery, that robotic surgery when they went into the side. But uh, the doctor said that the deepest sleep that they'll ever put you in is heart surgery. But I have been in the hospital multiple times, dozens of times with people with heart surgery. And uh, it's not unusual for them to say, you know, Pastor, I really feel sad. And I used to say, well, you know, okay, let's, and there again, I knew it, we knew it was induced, but until you experience it, man, that is low. I mean, you just feel like the whole world mentally, it's just pressing down on you. And you, it's just weird feeling, just, and I remember being way down, just feel, and then I had the chills and all kinds of other things going on. Of course, I had to get my heart going Again, they stopped my heart because they put a, a new valve, not a, a new vein in there or whatever. And uh, so they had to get all that work again. So my system was all over the place. But I remember, I think it was the Holy Spirit saying, are you going to praise me? I'm going, oh, you know, <laughs> do I really want to praise the Lord right now? That's okay. I'm going to praise the Lord. Did I feel better? Not immediately. Just to be honest with you, I didn't feel better but I knew the Lord was there. Uh, do I promise you that, well, you just praise the Lord and you just do what, and you'll just be happy, happy all the time. No. Casting all your care upon him and he'll, he'll just lighten your load right off the bat, right? No. It's a mental discipline. But you will find that if you wait on the Lord and do what he tells you to do, he has a way of transitioning your thoughts uh, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Can he do that? Yes, he can. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'm not promising you it's going to happen in five minutes. I'm not even promising you it's going to happen in a week. But you keep on hanging to the Lord, and you're going to hang on to the Lord by praising him. But if all you're going to do is complain, the devil will have a way of making sure that he can say, Amen, brother, go at it. You know. And so it's appraising. So uh, so I'm going to offer the sacrifice of praise. And you're not going to give to God anything that he's not going to give back to you. 
multi and multiplied over. Amen? Do we really believe that? And so we see that, notice he says, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And that's the second part. In other words, I'm going to exalt him. I'm just, the idea of calling upon the name of the Lord. Um, I'm going to render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the things of God, render to God the things that are God's. And God says he wants my praise. So guess what? I better render unto God the things that are God's. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of ceaseless praise. Is it ceaseless or soundless? Loudest praise, okay. So uh, there again. So, you know, fill in the blank. If you can't remember it, like, as I said, I listened to last week, there was some guy at 8.30 in the morning, they got those news talk radio, and they go through this stuff about the stuff they're getting off the internet or whatever, and one of the things they had was that uh, humming, happy students, will do all kinds of things for your heart, for your mental attitudes, for your blood flow. They're finding all this kind of stuff by humming. So if you don't know how to sing, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Hum. <laughs> you know, if you can't know the words, uh, and that's why we want to have good spiritual songs, right? The Lord is a master psychologist, isn't he? And so he knows our thoughts are far off, and he knows how to fix them. Now, that doesn't mean that if somebody has some type of clinical problem, that immediately we're just going to empty the insane asylum. Why everybody have that happen? No, I'm not saying that. You know, some people want you to believe that. Just give them a Bible verse. Well, sometimes it takes a whole lot more than that, especially if they're on medications or if they've had some injury or something like that. But at the same time, there's hope. And you can change a person's mind and get them thinking the right way. So I will call upon the name of the Lord and notice I'm going to exalt him. And he said, notice he had already said that early, as long as I live, verse 2. So I will call upon the name of the Lord. And then at the end, I will pay my vows and the courts. I'm going to publicly get with God's people and we're just going to praise God together. Isn't that what we want to do, folks? Let's praise God together. And he says, a public dedication, public worship. You know, when you come to church, uh, you got a lot of other people that are dedicated to the Lord and they're happy to see you. And it's good to be around them. And we encourage one another and exhort one another. And so much the more as we see that day approaching. But when that day is approaching, we know that evil men are going to wax worse and worse, so we need each other more and more. Right? And so it's all, all the part, part of worship. And this, these verses, you know, like we said, this psalm was ingrained in the psyche of children growing up. And so... And we know, and you know, and those Christianity. Christianity is full of singing. And spirit-filled people are singing people. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Singing to yourselves and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and make, make let's see, what's the rest of that verse? Sing and melody arts to the Lord. Okay. Melody in my, in my heart there rings a melody. Well, Lord, tune me up because I feel really out of it right now. Right? Singing to the Lord. Okay, 
good stuff, isn't it? And yet it's scary stuff because my old heart sometimes gets really down. And sometimes it gets off on the things of the world. And I want to go up to Washington and tear the place up and put it back together. Or I get to watching you know, my football team and the referee cheats or whatever. You know. <laughs> you know, if my team wins, so what? If, uh, if they lo- lose, it, you know, they cheated at a referee. No, <laughs> no, not really. No, 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 no. I'm not a bad loser, usually. I cry a lot. But, <laughs> but I tell you, I'm not going to root for the Bears. <laughs> I just can't root for the Bears. I want to stay joyful. <laughs> okay. Any comments or questions anybody might have?